think about Christmas, you think about the sounds of Christmas, you think about the songs, beautiful job, the rest of the month is just going to be amazing getting to listen to all the, all the Christmas music and sing those songs. You think about the carols, you think about the sounds of Christmas, you think about that guy out in front of Walmart with the bell who won't stop ringing that bell. No matter how much you pay him, he still keeps ringing that bell. In fact, it makes it worse. You know, you give him a dirty look, he's still going to keep ringing that bell. You think about all the sounds of Christmas, but one of the sounds that you can't miss is that oh-so-quiet-and-yet-a-little-too-loud sound of the crinkling of wrapping paper under the tree on Christmas morning as kids try to be sneaky and yet they're, they're, they're moving the packages in the dim light, looking for the name tags to find out what present is theirs, followed by, just like we saw in the video, that very subtle nudge that you get to wake up on Christmas morning. And you, know, you look through Scripture, you look especially at the Christmas story, and you see that call to wake up over and over again. That call to wake up is there with Joseph as, uh, as the angel Gabriel comes to him in a dream and tells him, Joseph, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for what's born in her is of the Holy Spirit. And Joseph wakes up to a new reality, a new life, a, a new wife, a new son. You see the, the call to wake up there with the wise men as they are warned in a dream of King Herod's plot, and so they wake up and they choose a different route and, uh, and make their way back home. It's that call with the shepherds on the hillside as the angel shows up and the heavenly host and the bright light shines around them and they wake up to the reality that a new king is born and things will never be the same again. It's more than just the Christmas story though. It's more than just that event. It's more than just December 25th. It's about what Jesus brings. This season as we make our way towards Christmas in the church we call it the season of Advent. You know, we have an Advent wreath. We light the Advent candles. And, and we call it the season of Advent. Now, if you were to go to a dictionary and look up the definition of Advent, one of the th definitions that you would find is that Advent is the arrival, the arrival of a notable person. And that sounds very important, doesn't it? And it, it really is. It's very important. The arrival of a notable person. It's not just about Christmas. It's not just about December 25th. It's not even just about the Christmas story. It is about Jesus arriving in our hearts, in our lives, filling our homes, bringing us hope. So the call to wake up isn't just about Christmas morning and what it brings, but it's the wake up to the new reality that Jesus is here and what he brings. There's a passage in Romans 13. We're going to look at Romans 13 today. There's a passage in Romans 13 that speaks to our need to wake up to Jesus and to the reality that, that Advent isn't just a season. It's something that still occurs in our lives as we welcome Jesus in, as we welcome Him into our homes, into our plans, into our relationships, into our desires, as we let Him take over. What does Advent look like when Jesus is here in our hearts? When Jesus is here in our fellowship. What does it look like? It looks like it's time for us to wake up. We're going to be in Romans 13, verses 11 through 14. If you're using those Bibles in the pew, it's real easy if you're from Kansas. You're looking for page 948. I mean, anyone from Kansas ought to be able to find page 948, right? And if you look at verse 11, Paul begins in verse 11, and he says, besides this, well, right there we have to stop, don't we? 
Besides what, Paul? What are you talking about? What's, what's besides this? We, we have to stop and ask, what, what came before this paragraph that caused him to say that? To say besides this. And if we look back in verses 8-11, through 11, excuse me, 8-10, through 10, Paul says, Owe no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. And again, we come back to the primacy of love. Love comes first for the Christian. It is our first response no matter what we encounter. Love is our first response. It is the prime motivator. Everything else we do in our faith is born out of love. And I've quoted this Scripture for the last two weeks. I'll quote it again today. 1 John chapter 5, verse 3. John writes, For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments. This is how we express our love to God that we keep His commandments. And then John says, and His commandments are not burdensome. His commandments are not a burden. Why? Because God has built us to love Him. God has built us to keep His commandments. So with that that in mind, besides this, what does that kind of love look like? Verse 11, Paul continues, besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake up from your sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. So let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime. Not in in orgies and drunkenness. Not in sexual immorality and sensuality. Not in quarreling and jealousy. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. The call is to wake up. There is an urgency about our faith that is expressed through the love of Jesus in us. And in that urgency, Paul says we need to be alert. We need to be alert in our faith. You know, one of the things that we've never done in our house on a Christmas morning, one of the things we've never had to do in our house on a Christmas morning, set an alarm clock. Right? You don't have to set an alarm clock on on Christmas morning because Christmas morning comes with its own built-in alarm clock. Kids know when it's time to get up. Well, in fact, oftentimes they know hours before it's time to get up and they, they get up anyway. They just know to get up. Paul says that our faith needs to be like that. Our faith should naturally wake us up. Again, there in verse 11, the hour has come for you to wake from sleep, for salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. He says something new is here. A new era has come. This is not an era of law. This is an era of grace. And so we need to wake up to this new reality. There's something new here. There's something different. And there's an intensity to it. There's an intensity to the work that we're called to. It's it's no time to sleep. Prior to this, we were under law. And under law, we would hand people a set of rules. And we would say, do this, do this, don't do that, don't you dare do that. 
But now He calls us to love. Love one another. Love your neighbor. Love is the fulfillment of the law. Any other command is summed up in this. Love your neighbor as yourself. And John reminds us that His commands are not a burden. The call is to live like Jesus, to love like Jesus, to demonstrate His love, to demonstrate His forgiveness. You you hear that in in verse 11. The hour has come for you to wake from sleep, for salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. Please don't hear that just as Jesus is coming back soon. I mean, that's part of it, but don't hear that just as Jesus is coming back. It's more than that. It's personal. If you are a believer, if you are a Christian, what is it that motivates you? He says, salvation is nearer now than when you first believed. In other words, you and I have been at this for a while. We've we've been at this a while. We've been coming to church for a while. We've been talking about Jesus for a while. We've been reading our Bibles for a while. We've been calling ourselves Christians for a while. And he says, you ought to be acting more like Jesus now than you did when you first believed. It ought to be impacting you more. You've been at this a while. He goes on and says in verse 12, the night is far gone, the day is at hand, so then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. And there's this understanding that you should have done this a long time ago. We've been at this a while. Time is short. Don't get lazy about the way that we love people. We have to reach out. We have to be prepared. We have to be living for Christ for the sake of those around us. Be alert in your faith. Because it's not just about us. It's about them. It's about people that we know, people that we love. We're talking about eternal life and eternal death here. There is no time simply to relax and think, well, you know, they'll find their own way. They'll figure Jesus out on their own. They'll they'll make it. We're in this world to love this world, to show them God's love. So be alert for those opportunities. Be aware of those needs and be aware of the gift that you have to offer the people that you encounter. So how does that faith express itself? How does the alertness of that faith express itself in our community, in our world, in our families, among the people that we live with, the people that we influence? Paul refines this call to wake up. And he tells us to be intentional in our walk, to walk with purpose, to be intentional in our walk. Verse 13, he says, let us walk properly as in the daytime. You know, when Paul uses the word walk, he's got a lot more in mind than just what you do with your feet, right? He's not just talking about walking uh, physically. He's talking about how you conduct yourself in the world, how you make your way through the world, how you progress in the world. Eugene Peterson has a book on the Christian life, a book about what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. The title of the book is A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. Do you hear the call in that title? A long obedience in the same direction. The question for us has to be, can the world see the progress we're making in the same direction? Can they tell where we're walking to? Can they tell where we are plotting, that we are moving on towards Jesus? This is a huge issue facing the church today. I mean, you can turn on the news just about any day and you'll see this very issue being played out on the news. People have forgotten what the church is. And part of the reason that the world has forgotten what the church is is because the church has forgotten what the church 
is. You know, Jesus chose that word church very carefully, very particularly. The, the Greek word that we translate as church, it's the word ekklesia. There, you learned something new today. You learned a new word. Ekklesia. And ekklesia does not mean building with a steeple on top. Ekklesia does not mean building with pews and with music. Ekklesia means people. It means the community. It means the gathering. Ekklesia means the called out ones. It means that we don't live like everyone else. That we don't have the same values as everyone else. That we walk a different walk than everyone else. The church ought to have that distinction. <laughs> we ought to be, as the Bible says, a peculiar people. How many of you are peculiar people here today? Are you? I'm raising my hand. I'm a peculiar guy. I, I just am. And that's what Jesus calls us to be. And we ought not to be like everything else. We, everyone else. We ought not to be running after the things of this world. Our walk is differently. Our walk is intentional. It is distinct. He says in verse, eight, or verse 13, let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy. Tie that back to verse 11. The hour has come for you to wake up from your sleep, for salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. If you knew that Christ was coming back today, would you live differently? Would you have to live differently? Would you love differently? Would you make amends differently? Would you care for people differently? Would you warn them differently? Would you forgive them differently? If so, then do that now. Wake up. Be intentional in your walk. Be intentional in the way that you conduct yourself. The way you conduct yourself in this world ought to point to the hope that you have. Not just a hope that someday in the future Jesus is coming back and is going to make it all right, but a hope that is expressed in who you are and the way you live today. Who are you today? What's that walk going to look like? How does that faith express itself? Ultimately, the call is to wake up. And the call is to clothe yourself with Christ. This passage, Paul uses a lot of expressions about the way that we get started in the morning. I mean, he starts out there in verse 11 with wake up, right? And so we, we kind of get that alertness when you wake up and suddenly you realize what day it is and what time it is and, and, and what you have to do today. That, that alertness comes to you as you begin shaking off the sleep. And he says, become alert in your faith. Shake off the sleep. And then he, he even says, as you walk. And so there's that first walk in the morning with purpose <laughs> as you know where you're going right and you, you walk with purpose as you plod out of the bedroom and on into whichever other room that you go to at that moment but then here in verse 14 he says put on the lord jesus christ i like the way the niv expresses it clothe yourself with christ and and it's that imagery of grabbing the robe off the hook as you prepare to step out of the bedroom and wrapping yourself in that warm robe and stepping out to greet the day. Clothe yourself with Christ. He says in verse 14, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. 
I love the comfort that comes from that idea. Clothe yourself with Christ. There's something of Christmas there. <clears throat> Not Christmas morning downstairs in your robes and your pajamas opening presents, but there's something of the first Christmas morning. What did they call Jesus? Do you remember? They called Him Emmanuel, which means God with us. You and I call that event the Incarnation. Incarnation literally means God wrapped in flesh. God robed in flesh. And that's who we recognize that Jesus is. God wanted us to know Him. God wanted us to understand Him. So He sent His Son, Jesus, God wrapped in the flesh. Colossians chapter 2, verse 9 says of Jesus that in Him, in Jesus, the whole fullness of deity dwelt in bodily form. In other words, everything we need to know about God, we can see by observing God in the flesh, by observing Jesus. Paul's call here is to see the life of Christ lived out in our own lives, just as God wrapped Himself in flesh in Jesus. Now Paul's call is, clothe yourself with Christ. Wrap His life around yours and let Him be seen in you. What we need to see is that this call to wake up, it's not for us. It's not about us, it's about the people around us, the people that we meet while we're on that walk. Salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. We believe that for ourselves, but we need to believe that for them also. And so we put on Christ when we're around them. And we love them like Jesus. We put on Christ and we care for them like Jesus. We put on Christ and we meet their sorrows and meet their sadness with the, the love of Christ. We put on Christ and we forgive them like Jesus. And that's at the heart of our faith. That's at the heart of our faith, that other people would see the likeness of Christ in us. And for that to happen, we need to wake up to the call to live, love, care, and forgive like Jesus. The urgency of our faith should drive us deeper into the likeness of Jesus. That's not just for you and me. That's not just Paul saying, you're a Christian, act like it. That's about the people around us, people that we meet while we're on our walk. If we're alert in our faith, that should be seen in how we treat them. You know, in the coming weeks, as, as Christmas gets closer, <clears throat> we're going to hear a lot about stress. A lot of people feel the stress this time of year. A lot of people feel the struggles. This is one of the times when people really deal with depression. The holidays can be devastating for people. Be alert to that. Be intentional in the way that you greet people, in the way you care for people, in the way you encourage people, for the people that you're going to encounter. Be intentional. Let the urgency of your faith point them to Jesus. Let them see Him in you. There's some people in your life there's some people in your life who don't know what it's like to be loved by Jesus. They've never experienced the purity of a love that, that demands nothing. They've always had stipulations on love. There are people in your life who've never known that unconditional love. They've also never known total forgiveness. They've never known forgiveness without strings attached. I will forgive you, but... They've never known that kind of unconditional 
forgiveness. But they know you. They're part of your walk. They might even be in this room today. And so the call here in Romans, and the call for us, is to clothe ourselves with Christ and let Jesus love them through us. Let Him forgive them through us. Wake up. Your salvation is nearer to them than when we first believed. Let's stand together. We're going to pray. Father, we stand here at the beginning of the Christmas season with the sights and the sounds and the busyness that it can bring. And Father, that there's a lot of things that could distract us. But rather than let those things distract us, please let them focus us, wake us up, and draw us into the urgency that comes with the coming of your Son. I pray about the way that we walk in this world, that we would walk with distinction and purpose, that we would be that peculiar people you call us to be, that we would be intentional about the way we interact with others, that our character and our conduct would point them to the hope we have in Jesus. And Father, I know that there are those in our lives that we find hard to love, those who test our patience, those who test our forgiveness. When we encounter them, would, would you just remind us to clothe ourselves with Jesus? When we can't find it hard to love them, let us clothe ourselves with Jesus and just let Jesus love them. It's going to look like us, but we're going to let Jesus love them. When we can't forgive, let, let us clothe ourselves with Jesus. Let, let Jesus forgive them through us. Father, the urgency of this calling is too great for us not to let them see Jesus in us. Remind us that while we were still enemies, when we were still God's enemies, you sent your Son, wrapped in flesh, to live and to die for us. You showed us your love through your Son. Let us show them your, your love uh, as Christ uh, is wrapped, uh, as we are wrapped in Christ, as we put on Christ every day. See your glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.